Hey guys, you're listening to Drunk and Uncultured. We are a drinking problem masquerading as a pop culture podcast. I'm Lindsay. I'm Stephanie. And I don't ever know what to say at this point. I always just like ad-lib it and I can't think of anything to ad-lib so this is I feel like that's the norm though the norm is you not knowing what to say but like I usually can figure it out and it's always like and we're back for whatever but I don't know what we're back for I mean we're back for an episode but (laughs) there's nothing like special about this so like well whatever it's a normal episode it's an episode so we're we're back we're back on a normal episode cadence yeah maybe maybe (laughs) so it's the second episode of the month we figured we would both mention what we've been watching. Yeah, we I haven't guess. done this in a while, so we're doing our binge watch update. Yeah. Um, I gotta think on this though, so you can go first. Um. So I I started watching Shit's Creek because um, I actually started watching that today, the day we're recording, because I saw Dan Levy on Hot Ones, and he's so adorable, and I wanted to watch him on his show. Okay. Um. So I started watching that, and that's really funny. It's very popular. Um, and then I've also been watching Drag Race All-Stars Season 5. Mm-hmm. So that's been my Friday, well, like a Saturday morning occurrence because it comes on Friday nights. And this upcoming Friday, I think, is the season finale. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I haven't really been watching TV, to be honest. Um, but I have been watching Drag Race when I have time. And then um, I've been re-watching John Mulaney stand-up <laughs> sometimes. Have you seen the TikTok that's like what your comfort John Mulaney stand-up special says about you? No. I gotta find it and send it to you. It was really funny. Interesting. Yeah, no. I, I mean, I just love John Mulaney. He's like, I mean, to protect him at all costs. He also may have or may not have killed Princess Diana. <laughs> um, he also has like this thing for like this feud with Gary Busey for some reason. Um, okay, cool. So, anything else that you're watching? No, that's probably the highlights. Cool. Um, well then we'll get into the beer. So Stephanie, what are we drinking? Um, if I can find my beer here. Um, today we are drinking Black is Beautiful, which we actually talked about on, well, you talked about on a previous episode in our end of episode final thoughts little bit that we haven't quite renamed um this is the version that was made in collaboration between mars brewing here in chicago and then obviously weathered souls from texas it was (laughs) brewed in an attempt to bring awareness to the injustices that many people of color face daily according to the can um, the can and then net proceeds from this go to the chicago bail fund yeah so what i was going to say was the intention behind this was that the the proceeds of this this beer are supposed to go to local foundations that support yep. police brutality reform and legal defenses for those who have been wronged. And so each brewery can choose their own local organization that supports equality and inclusion. And the other unique thing is that Weathered Souls only provides the base recipe for the stout. Yeah, um, which I do think is interesting because all of the collaboration beers that we've seen so far and tried so far have been, like, they provide the recipe and everyone brews it. This is the first one where I've seen that, like, you is the kind base of material your own. you can do your own. Yeah. yeah. So, every so, like, you brewery, can try it from different breweries yeah. and it's going to be different. Every brewery that you try this from, you're right, will be slightly different. So, that's really cool and really fun and it encourages you to, encourages you to go and try all of them. 
Yeah, so their website says the base recipe was created by Weathered Souls Brewing Company. It was designed to be a moderately high ABV stout to showcase the different shades of black. Please feel free to add your own twister ideas to the beer. Um, and then you can download the, the beer, and then you can download or download the recipe and then the label. Yeah, so this particular version that we're going to be drinking today, like I said, it was done with by Mars Brewing. Um, it, this is an imperial stout with coconut and vanilla. They actually released this like two days ago, believe it or not. It looks like it was canned on 716. The oh, bottom of the can says fresh. canned 71620 Black Lives Matter. I like that though. Yeah, I do too. It's super fresh then, so it's like yeah. five days old. Yeah. Um, what's kind of, I, what I really like about the can though is that they picked a black can on top of the fact that the black. Like, yeah, the so this black. one also has a solid black label, so a lot of them have, if you go to the web, like the black is beautiful dot beer website they show a label that's got multiple shades and like almost like a puzzle pattern of like different tones yeah meant to represent different shades of black people and uh this one's solid it's black on black and it's gorgeous it's a beautiful can i also really like the label that shows you like the different shades of skin tone yeah um which is kind of nice as well yeah so uh let's crack this open Oh, we should have also mentioned, this is 10%. Yeah. So Lindsay's going to die. Yeah. Oh, well. Ooh, that's real good. Yeah, it is. So it was kind of funny um, when I was at the store purchasing this today, I gave Lindsay a call and I was like, hey, I know it's not stout season, but what do you think about this? And we both immediately were like, yeah, we got to do it. What I like about this is that the Imperial Stouts, um, to me, like, especially as of late, have been on the sweeter side. Yeah. Because they typically are, like, Imperial Dessert Stouts. Yep. Um, and with this having coconut and vanilla in it, it's not sweet at all. No. It's almost it's a little bit really more bitter. Nice. Yeah. And, um... I also like that it's not as boozy tasting, because that's the flip side of an yep. Imperial Stout, is sometimes it just tastes like straight alcohol. Yeah, it's... You taste, like, the maltiness of it, and so it almost tastes, like, chocolatey, even though there's no chocolate mm-hmm. because of the malt. And it's strong with malt. Um, but it it's not malty. boozy, and it's not no. sweet. You just get a, a lot of stout flavor, which is kind of a, a refreshing change for stouts lately. Yeah. And Mars doesn't do a ton of stouts, but they the ones They're that they do... They're known for, like, more dessert stouts. Yeah, like, my one of my favorite stouts is... Um, their churro stout. Yeah, their churro stout's really good. Their punch key stout's really good, yeah. too. But they, yes, as you mentioned, dessert stout. So, like, this is just a very, very good, like, plain old stout. Yeah, and it's, honestly, I would love to try what whatever Weathered Souls made as their version of this, because I would love to, like, compare side by side. And I, now I want to go buy, like, 12 other variants of this. So I got a glass because I'm actually really curious about the color on this. Oh. That's a dark boy. That's like a dark, dark stout. It's, um, like, I mean, they said it's supposed to be black, but I mean, it is. Yeah. It's really dark, and it's got, like, a really nice, um, coffee-colored head. It looks actually like, like a black coffee. It looks a little bit like a black IPA, to be yeah. honest, because it's got, like, the texture of a black IPA, but it does look like a, like a cold brew. Yeah. Like a nitro yeah, coffee. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So, what are the three words that you're going to pick? I'm going to say coconut. 
Really? I don't really get much coconut. So I taste a lot more coconut than vanilla or anything else in this. Or maybe it's just my destroyed palate. No, they taste different. Do they really? Oh, God. This is one of those. Like, it's the coconut thing again. I think it is the coconut thing again. I think yours tastes very different than mine. Yours is, like, creamier. Yours is way more coffee. Like, I, yours tastes like... Yours, yeah. I swear to God, yours tastes like coffee. Yeah, yours tastes like coconut and vanilla. Mine yeah. tastes like coffee. That's weird. It's it's really... So, that's it's, the thing it's with It's literally the coconut thing all over yeah, again. It's, it was the coconut thing. That did happen. What was it? Um, Choco Nut. <laughs> the um, Death by Coconut yeah. by Oscar Blues. Yeah. I think that's maybe just the coconut thing. Maybe it's so volatile as a flavor that it's... I don't know. It can this be is like so funny. Really expressed in one can, not another. I don't know. I but yours tastes so way more like coconut. Now we gotta open the other two. Yeah, I know. <laughs> okay, well, we're gonna have different words because our beers taste different. Yeah, so I'm gonna say smooth, coconut, chocolate. Um, I'm gonna say malty is my third one. But like, when I say malty, I don't mean it in like a because some people are like malty flavor, but like no, it's like a really good yeah. malty flavor. I'm gonna say creamy, coffee, and malty. Yeah, we have one of the same words, malty. Yeah, yeah. Cool. So um, now that we're done with that, we'll get into the episode. No, that that took twenty five minutes. It took take twelve. It took, well, I mean, not even. I'm, I'm Whatever. Kidding. I don't know how long it's gonna take. Um, we're gonna get into the episode. So we, I actually presented this episode to Stephanie like yesterday, the yeah. day before recording, um, and you were on board like immediately. Oh, absolutely. I think this is super relevant to right now because I feel like it's one of those things that's become like a quarantine thing that oh, people sure. are into. And we'll get into that as well. Yeah. Um, but we're gonna be talking about Legos and like Lego. Lego. We'll be talking about Lego. <laughs> And, um, like, the phenomenon around Lego. That's especially, like... Especially around right now, yeah. But, like, generally, like, Lego and pop culture, and... Because, like, I mean, obviously they do movies. They have a TV show, video games. Yeah. Vigi games. Yeah. Um, cool. So, do you have a history? Yeah, so I just kind of pulled a quick history on the Lego group. So, they were found... Well, so... Are they owned by Mattel? They own their own, they're on their own company. Oh, I didn't realize yeah. that. Yeah, so uh, Lego was founded by a Danish carpenter, and his name is Ole Kirk Christensen. I'm, I'm sure that's not how you pronounce that, because I'm sure it sounds better when you're Danish, but... I mean, I think that's right, Ole Kirk Christensen. Yeah, I'm sure it just sounds fancier. Anyway, so he um, used to make wooden toys in 1932, and in 1934 he decided to pen the name Lego which was derived from a Danish phrase that essentially translates to play well. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where the company started. And then in 1947, he began to make plastic toys. So Lego kind of made all kinds of different wooden toys, and then they started making plastic toys. And then in 1949, Lego began to make what's called, um, they were calling automatic binding bricks, and they were actually based off of a patent that was held by a UK company called Kittycraft. And the patent ran out, so Lego began producing 
injection molded bricks that were, you know, would lock and binds together. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1954, Christensen Son took over the company and had the idea for an imaginative creative play system. And I'm saying that with air quotes. You can't see that. But um, essentially, the bricks as they existed didn't allow for versatility. And the locking system wasn't great for expanded building. So they did five or six iterations. But it took until 1958 for the modern Lego brick design and material to be finalized and then patented. So uh, Lego as a... The material and the actual design, for the most part, of the brick structure has not changed since 1958. Um, I think it's also really interesting to note that the Lego group is a privately owned company, so they're not publicly traded. They're still owned privately and based in Denmark. Yep. Yeah, they're still based in the same city that they were founded, which I find super interesting, and that's where they're main production plant is actually located where they produce most of the bricks but they also have a secondary location in the Czech Republic. But even there's not any factories outside of those two. Yeah. So all of the bricks, all of them have come from those two places. Yeah. (laughs) So that was pretty oh, um, I had a couple like fun facts that paired along with the timeline. So, um, the first licensed Lego set actually was never released until 1999, and it was done for Star Wars. Oh, cool. So, Lego, but until that date, they had made Duplo, they had made their own systems and own, like, Lego-branded stories, but they never made a, like, licensed set, which I would say is probably the most famous thing I know them for, is their licensed builds. Well, agreed, and actually, um, this is something that's come up in a few conversations with conversations with my boyfriend um and that like he's owned the lego like fake indiana jones but for the longest time it wasn't called indiana jones because right they so it wasn't licensed, licensed. Yeah. but it was like a build that Looked, is essentially yeah. indiana jones but it was called something else johnny thunder <laughs> that's a terrible name <laughs> it was called johnny thunder i mean not like indiana jones is a much better name but um so, Boba Fett from the Star Wars Cloud City build set is considered to be one of the most rare and most collectible minifigs. Okay. And to this date, Lego has created over 4 billion unique minifigs. That is larger than the largest segment of any world population. So, there's 4, like, the Lego world has 4 billion characters, essentially. Since 19, whatever, wow. they started making minifigs, yeah. That's wild. The other most, and I don't have it in my notes, but I just know it from a good friend of mine, is, like, an obsessive brick trader. Um, there is a 14 karat gold C-3PO that was made. There's only two that exist in the entire world. Wow. And they sell for thousands of dollars. I just, I'm looking at the Lego glossary, and I found something quite funny. Um, there's so that... There's a bunch of Lego jargon that exists in the world that, like... It's bananas. Lego fans, I think they're called, like... I don't know what they're called. AFOL, adult fans of Lego. Okay, that was That's... definitely on here, and <laughs> I, like, ignored it. Um, but there's a term <laughs> called the Dark Ages, and it's described as a period in the Lego fan's life when he or she sets aside Lego in favor of school, dating, motor vehicles, and other non-Lego pursuits. Many fans put their Lego collections in storage or sell them during their Dark Ages. Oh boy, that's kind of sad. 
Um, the last thing that I had in my like fun facts, approximately 20 billion bricks are made every year at the, the main factory in Denmark. So like I said, they have a second factory, but the main factory alone, almost 20 billion bricks are made a year. That's 2 million bricks per hour or about 35,000 per minute. Actually, that makes sense because... So a lot of their sets are like multiple thousand bricks. Uh, the largest set I think is five thousand. Yeah, because I think we've done like three thousand size bricks or size sets. Less than that, close kind of. Like somewhere in the two thousands, and mm-hmm. we've done like two this year. So like, mm-hmm. it makes sense to keep up with demand. And honestly, like, the demand is so high that some oh, like yeah. some sets sell out immediately. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I love all of like the licensed sets because yeah. I remember I feel like the last time I actually went to the Lego store at the Water Tower place I saw the Stranger Things set yeah and I almost bought I, that set looked so sweet I'm obsessed with the Stranger Things set and it's like you can't buy it anywhere um but like during when we were in Michigan looking at Lego sets to buy like that was one that I really wanted to get yeah because the beautiful. upside down is yeah. so cool it's super cool um and unfortunately it sold out yeah I'm trying to think if there any other, like, really, really cool sets that I remember seeing. Um, I mean, obviously any of, like, the Harry Potter sets are gorgeous. Um, I mean, I really enjoy, so this is something that Matt has gotten me into, but it's, like, the modular sets. So Where you could, like, build onto them? Yeah, so they're, like, a single standalone building, but there are multiple levels to the building. Um, so we built a diner, um, which, like, you can take off the different levels and look inside. Oh, and, like, there's that's kind of cool. inside of them. Um, and they take, like, hours. Like, we would do it in, like, like, a bag. One bag would take us, like, a couple hours to do, mm-hmm. so, like, multiple sessions. Um, but they lock into each other. That's so, like, really they cool. S- they snap into, like, like, so you can build a block or a yeah. city. So they're super, um, like, well sought out because, yeah. like, you can build a city. And, like, there are certain ones, so, like, there are end cap ones that... So all of the all of the buildings have like an if unless it's an end cap have a flat side that you can attach to another building. Oh, but if it's it. if it's an end cap, so if it's a middle building, the two sides are flat. That makes sense. But if it's an end cap, the side has like um, features on side of it. So like oh, the end really caps cool. are really hard to find and hard like they sell out immediately because mm-hmm. people want it in their buildings. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, like as Matt just said like well like they're coveted and like they go up in price and i think that like they're traded within like the the yeah so one thing that i find super interesting like the black market so there's a website that my friend showed me called bricklink that's super cool and you can buy and sell like individual lego pieces you can buy sets that are lightly used maybe they were only used once and they don't have the box anymore so they're like half the price okay but they're all the stuff still there and then sometimes it's missing a few pieces or you can buy individual minifigs like my friend got me the 11th doctor from the doctor who set just as, a minifig yeah just a minifig oh that's nice yeah so cause it was like that's cute yeah stuff like that but it's really cool um my brother actually tried to use it when he was looking for the lego set that he got my nephew back in may so my eight he's eight years old nine years old i don't know how old he is he loves the Beatles. Yeah. As most children do when they hear them for the first time. Yes. Um, he's obsessed with Yellow Submarine. And we got him the... We had Not a, even the best album. Listen, he's nine. Um, he wanted the Lego Submarine uh, yeah. set. And 
like it was selling for like three hundred dollars on Bricklink. No, I was gonna say we had to. Someone was selling it at the beginning of quarantine for like seventy bucks here in Chicago, and I had to go drive to their house and pick it up. What's really interesting is that three hundred bucks for a Lego set's actually pretty cheap. It's so like a like hundred piece set. It's just old and rare. Okay. So I was going to say, like, because some of the sets that we got were probably, like, $300. Oh, yeah. No, this is... Yeah. It it makes sense if it's a small set. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Some of them are... Like, the thing is, Legos are kind of like a a rich kid game. Oh, absolutely. Um, If you have, like, actual sets, that's, like, a rich person thing. For sure. Like, when I grew up, I when I played Legos, it was, like, in school with, like, just a box of, like, random random shit that you built. Um, Very similar to, like... Although back then, that's probably would have been the norm because the first licensed set didn't come out till ninety yeah, nine. That's so true, actually. Yeah, it probably was a bunch of random crap until then. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I'm sure there were sets, but like, well, there were schools. sets, but like, like there was whatever Johnny Thunder. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I just played like random like I played with like random Legos. Yeah, um, sorry, I introduced. No, that was it for my fun facts. So okay. th- this is more just random talks as we're going. All right, so. Um, Let's get into some of the pop culture around Lego. So yeah. let's start with the movies. Yes. Since that's the most popular thing. Um, oh, I love the Lego movie. So I've seen Lego movie one and two. I haven't seen the Batman Lego movie. or like I've seen Batman, Batman and Ninjago one. or whatever. No, so Ninjago's it's whole, a whole nother ball game for okay. Lego. It's like... It's like this own like entire world within Lego that's it's their own unique creation of uh, a storyline. Okay. So there's like TV shows associated with it and games yeah. and movies and Ninjago is a whole different ball game. Okay, it's kind of like how uh, there was Bionicle at one oh, point. I, I feel like that, that was owned by Lego. Let me find out. One of those. Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. Yeah. So that that was a whole thing when we would have been. I don't know. 10, 11 maybe? 2001, so I would have bet 7. I was 9, yeah. Um, I forgot Bionicle. <laughs> um, so, Lego Movie. Um, I feel like that was a huge phenomenon when it came out, because like, nothing really had been, like, it's a cartoon movie, but it's also like an adult movie. Like, it's, yeah, it's... Kids saw it, but it was, again, like a kind of a Shrek phenomenon, where it's like or SpongeBob, or SpongeBob, yeah. Like it's it's a kids movie, but like there's adults a ton of are jokes with it. Yeah, there are yeah. a ton of jokes and a ton of like pieces there for adults to get and to like appeal to the adult audience. I mean, honestly, what drew me in was the soundtrack. It was A-list. the soundtrack was, <laughs> was like all kinds of indie weird people on the soundtrack. Yeah, like the soundtrack Tegan and Sarah was, like, and the peak. Lonely Island on one song together. That was a great song too, um, which will be the title of this episode actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the like the Lego movie just kind of like broke different boundaries. It was like what was the score on like Rotten Tomatoes? Like a, it did really well. I have a laptop for this. Um Got a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes and 83% on Metacritic. Good, 83 um, or 87% audience score. And it got $4.6 million in the box office. And like it was just star-studded. Yeah, so it's the first ever theatrical Lego adventure. They actually yep. had TV shows. 
Um, it is... It's like a 3D animation film. I forgot Chris Pratt was the main character. Yeah, Chris Pratt. Uh, Chris Pratt. Uh, Jesus Dick. Jesus. <laughs> I was going to say that next, too. It was Chris Pratt, Will Ferrell, Morgan Freeman, Elizabeth Banks, Will Arnett, Nick Offerman, Allison Brie, Charlie Day, Liam Neeson, uh, yeah, Jamie Tatum, Jonah Hill. Like, it was full of stars. Like, it was... It was, like, an extremely, like, ambitious movie that also delivered on that ambition. I don't think I realized that Will Ferrell was in it. Huh. I don't know. Wasn't he, like, the dad? It's president business. Oh. Um, also, their names are amazing. <laughs> like, all the character names in this movie are so good. It was a great movie. Yeah. I actually didn't see it, like, when it came out. It took me a while to see it, because I was... Just... I didn't see it until I saw Tegan and Sarah play Everything is Awesome <laughs> live, and then I was like, I should watch this. Yeah, I remember seeing it with my sister and brother-in-law, um, but it was fantastic. I think I also saw the Lego, the second Lego movie. The second part? Yeah, the second part with them as well, um, which, again, like, follow-up to that movie was great. Um, yeah, I loved Lego Batman. I mean, I love Will Arnett. So. I haven't seen Lego Batman, but... It's really funny. I actually think... For like, from my point of view, for like Lego movie, the first and second Lego movie, I quite enjoyed how they like have this world that then they like they break the fourth wall and yeah. they show you like it's a world inside of a world. Yeah. Um, which I I mean I love when movies do that, but they did it in such like, a clever way um, that they explained like the magic, like the the way everything works, right? And like the fact that they're like brick builders and or whatever mm-hmm. they're called. Um, that is what they're called, brick builders. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you mentioned Will Arnett, so let's actually move from the movies into the TV show. Yeah, so I actually, I actually have a lot of points of reference for this. Okay, so just background, Will Arnett is, um, Lego Batman, and he's also the host of the show Lego Masters. In the U.S. In the U.S. So that came out, what, January? Something like that. Yeah. I watched it in March. Yeah, it came out early this year. And the entire premise for the show. So it actually originated in the UK and then moved to Australia and then moved to the US. Um, But they did in the US and the entire premise is that it's like a Lego building competition, basically. They give you a different topic every episode and you have to build a Lego set. Um, And it's like insane amount of times, too. Like they give them like... 15 plus hours there was like one where they, they got like they 24 have, hours to do it yeah but the thing is you have 24 hours and that's it people are like struggling to get them done like right. that's how hard some of these builds well, are we spent probably like 15 hours doing like builds where they tell you what to build so like building you have something to design them yeah. build the integrity find the right bricks like right and some of them like they have features that move or like yeah. features and then that do, like, specific things, and then halfway through the competition, they get thrown a curveball, and they yeah. have to do something else. Yeah. Um, so, it's a really interesting show, because they take, like, people that have loved Legos their entire lives, or, like, every at least one person in each team has been, like, a Lego builder for years. Yeah, they're, like, almost to the left point of, like, Lego... Not... I, I mean, they actually call the people that design them Lego Masters. Right. But, um... Yeah, like, they're, like, Lego experts. Mm-hmm. And like they know about how to reinforce bricks, and, like, yeah. they, they know different methods on how to make, how to change the structural structural integrity, how to add features. Like, they, they've been build, free building, Yeah, I think is what the term that they yep. use, free building, 
for years and they've created like these massive structures on their own. Yeah, so what what I really enjoyed, so I've actually watched the UK version, the, the Australian version, and the US version. The Australian version is ten times better really? than any of the others, yeah. So what I did not know is, so we obviously watched the US version, and then we got access to watch the UK version. And the UK version, I mean, I almost found to be a little bit boring because it's so technical, and they speak more about the technical aspects of it. Okay. Rather than, like, the development of the reality show people, you know? Because, right. like, obviously in the U.S. version, we had to deal with that fucking Mormon couple the entire time. Well, so what I loved about the U.S. version is that, like, Will Arnett is painfully aware that it's a reality show. and the he way He also hosts, knows nothing about Lego. Yes, but the way he hosts the show is, like, and right about now, I would do this thing. And then Nicole Byer shows up. Right. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, right about now... We, we should be giving them a twist, but we're not going to do that. And then five minutes later, he's like, now we're giving them the twist. So, like, I, I kind of enjoyed that, like, the U.S. version. I don't have any, like, insight into yeah. the U.K. or Australian version, but the U.S. version, even though it's a reality show and they obviously follow a reality show format, they are painfully aware that they're following a reality show format. It's almost and like, again, almost the making, breaking the fourth wall type yes, deal. Yeah. and they're making fun of it at the yeah. same time. So, like, Will Arnett, as a comedian, is, like, making fun of the show as he's hosting the But show. the thing I will say is, so I loved the Australian version, so they've actually done two seasons in Australia okay. already. Um, the, the, it's, the host is also a comedian, but he's so invested in messing with everyone that, like, it's just funny to watch, because he, obvi- he, like, if he touches anything, it falls apart. Okay. Like, that's kind of like a running joke, because he's not allowed to touch anything or okay. get too close to anything, because it will fall apart. Got it. And he constantly makes jokes about that, and one of the challenges... They had built this full-size motorcycle, and he, like, touched it, and it fell apart. And the challenge was that they had to use the bricks, the broken bricks, to, like, do their own thing. Like, to use in their build. And I was, like, the other... Oh, it's just so fun to watch him interact with them. But the thing I like about Australia, they don't limit you to a time slot. Uh So you... In the U.S., they would do it. You do, like, the mini challenge and the full challenge. It's one-hour episode. Yeah. In in Australia, that's two episodes. So you have a lot more time to, like, learn about the people and understand what they're going through. And I really enjoyed that aspect more than, like, the U.S. They cram it in really quickly. My big problem with the U.S. US format is that it was very obvious who was going home at the beginning of the episode. Because they, like, focused heavily on that, like, group and it was extremely obvious who was going home. I also really hated the Mormon couple. Um, I feel like we don't were, know if they were Mormon, but we just started calling them that. Well, our I mean, group. they were so cringy. They like we call them the in, virgins. <laughs> they walked in like holding hands. They kissed a bunch on the show. So I will say they have a Lego couple in every season yeah. in every country. Okay, but no one is as bad as that. They US were couple. just gross, and like they announced I think that's that they're pregnant. Production too. Yeah. They announced their like their pregnancy on the show, and I part of like I actually don't think that their design was the best one. I don't no. think they should have won. I don't think they should have won. Um, I partially think that they won because it was a nice story to tell. Um, so like that was my problem is that like they were they were super good throughout. Like yeah. I cannot deny that they did a great job, but like when it comes to the very last structure, I don't think that they had the best one. Yeah, so I've noticed they always have a like couple. They're it's like a couple. Yeah. They always have like 
you know, like two women, they had a couple younger guys. Oh my god, the first season of Australia, they had a, like a teenager and his grandmother. Oh, that's cute. And I was in love with them. That was the people I wanted to win so bad. I knew they weren't going to win, but I wanted them to win so bad. My grandma was so cute. That's adorable. <laughs> but, um, like, the other couples, like, they start off coming off as, like, that cringy Lego yeah. couple that's, like, my first reference was this couple from the u.s so i'm always like oh god not another one but then they end up being like totally normal okay that's always my fear is it's gonna be the u.s couple again yeah um but like i really liked that show because it like kind of it got me excited about legos again that's the reason that we started buying sets because like matt's always been really into legos but then like Went through his quote unquote gray ages dark ages he still has the sets at home oh yeah so, yeah, the show was kind of the reason that we started doing Legos together, and it was a lot of fun. Um, Did you know a fun fact? And I've wanted to correct you about this the entire Lego, time. Lego, I'm sorry. So, it is, like, I, I only noticed this because we watch so much Lego Masters. It is Lego, and then it's Lego Bricks is the individual, like, No, things. I mean, I know it's not, I know the plural isn't Legos. I just say, it's like the same way, like, I would say mooses, but, like, that's not the plural of moose. What are you saying? The plural of moose. How frequently do you need to use that in conversation? I'm Canadian. I talk about mooses a lot. You're not talking about Canada gooses. Canada geese. <laughs> well, <laughs> I know that they're called geese. Um, no, I mean I didn't know it was called Lego bricks. I just assumed that it was just called Lego and Lego. Um, I liked the show especially because it like taught me a bunch of terms that like I didn't know. There was a bunch of like. There's so many technical terms. There's a lot of technical terms. And, like, they explained it to you. Like, cheese wedges or whatever they call them. Like, that they build, um... I think they're called cheese wedges. That they build, like, um, roofs on with. Like, shingling. I think they use it for shingling. Um... And, like, the way that they add textures, things like that. Like, how they reinforce things. It was all, like... I love when they use, um, like... The tree stuff? Like, the tree branches? Well, I was gonna say, like... A brick that's designed to be like a side feature yeah, as to like, add something on to add to something side. to be to represent something totally different. Yeah. So like someone was using bananas as like angel wings in one yeah. episode, like that kind of thing. I thought um, was super cool. I think they use bananas for the peacock feathers. That's what it was. Something like that. Um, but yeah, it's like so interesting how they can use different pieces, and that's actually something I've noticed. And we like with us building sets is like. They'll have different pieces, like smaller, like really small pieces that are meant to be something else, and like you know, it's not exactly what mm-hmm. it is. But like because they're not going to print, like or you mold need custom ones, they right. might as well just find a different use for the ones they're already exactly. making. Exactly, efficiency. Yeah, I just remember at like we were finishing season two of Australian Lego Masters towards the beginning of quarantine. And Steve was so sad when it was done because he was obsessed to an yeah. unhealthy level with Lego Masters. I don't remember why we started watching it, to be honest. Because um, everybody else was watching it and you had nothing else to watch. Well, no, because like, we weren't really talking to people. Like, it was, that was like, during the really dark part of quarantine for me, at least, so I wasn't really talking to anybody. Um, but, like, I don't know. I think Matt was just like, let's watch this show. And, like, Managed to like. I love competition shows. So, all right. So, um, I think there's one more pop culture piece. Yeah. Um, I really wanted to talk about the video games. Yeah. 
So my big quarantine thing, obviously, was getting a Switch, like, yep. right when quarantine started. And, I mean, yeah, I played a lot of Animal Crossing, but I spent probably the same amount of time I played Animal Crossing playing some various Lego yeah. games. Yep. The Lego games are the most fun I've ever had playing well, a video like, game. Pu- it's like puzzle solving, all of it. It's, it's like, like, yeah, it's puzzle solving. You can play co-op. Yeah. You can play single. Yeah. So it's fun for me because, like, somebody can come over and play with you. Yeah. Or I can play by yourself. Play by myself or try and convince Beg Steve to play yeah. with me, even though he hates video games. Um, which ones have you played so far? Um, so I actually, I'm very excited to say this, I finally beat all, so both games of Lego Harry Potter nice. yesterday. Okay. So I have gotten 100%. The first one I played was Lego Jurassic World. Which they're releasing a new one next year, so now I'm just kind of like, fuck me, am I right? Jurassic World 2? Well, they're going to include Jurassic World 2 in the storyline. Okay. So the game itself right now just consists of the first three, I mean, there's only only three Jurassic Park movies. So the three Jurassic Park movies and the first Jurassic World. So now the new game's going to include Jurassic World 2 and then move on, move further. Uh, So they'll update it for next year to include two, and then whenever three comes out... They'll make another version. Got it. Um, but I just, I also, I did that, and then I've done Harry Potter years four through seven, and then I finished, finally, it took me forever to get 100% on uh, five through seven. You so, said five through seven. Did I say that first? Yeah. Well, I thought I said that. Um, you said four through seven first. Oh. So one through sense. three. So I did one through four, and then five through seven. Got it. Um, so I, I played that. And then I'm currently playing Marvel Super Heroes 2. Got it. I played um, Harry Potter 1 through 4. I never finished it, I don't think, because I, like, it was on Derek's Xbox or something like that. Yeah, um, yeah those games are older. So Jurassic Park is, like, 2017, so yeah. it's the new, well, I guess Marvel 2 is the newest one I played. But uh, in 2017, Jurassic Park, Jurassic World came out, yeah. the game. So that one's newer. But the Harry Potter games are, like, they're super 2010, old. 2015. Yeah, yeah like they're really old. Um, but I'm very excited, and I've been holding out on buying it because it, they're releasing a new one. There's a new Lego Star Wars coming out in October, and I'm so excited. Like, I want to play Lego yeah. Star Wars so bad, and they're releasing the new one in October to include Episode 9. Yep. So, been holding out for Can that. Can you not buy it as DLC, though? For, like, the one that you have. So, like, if you were to buy it now, could you not buy, like, the Episode 9 expansion as, like, downloadable content? Um, I'm just gonna wait and buy it all at once. But, like, so, for example, for, like, Jurassic Park, could you not buy the new I have no as, idea like, how any of this Okay. You might be able to just buy, like, an expansion or something. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm just gonna wait till it comes out. But I also, so I'm playing Marvel Super Heroes 2, and then I also bought, because it was during the big Nintendo sale, I bought yeah. um, DC Super Villains. Okay. So I've got that one as well. Yeah, I haven't played much of the Lego games other than like, the Harry They're Potter so one. They're so well designed. They're so well designed. I mean, I've heard people complain that they don't like that you kind of have to go back and redo stuff, but... To get, like, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Like, I but, like, that's how it. video games fun. are, I feel like. Yeah. So, like, I mean, most video games are, like, you cannot fully, like, 100% get through, like, the beginning section because you need, like, things that you get later on to yeah. get through it. Yeah. And I feel like that's fine because it kind of forces you to go back to the beginning and, like... Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't mind it, 
I've heard a lot of our friends specifically yeah. complain about that, but well, I like, actually love it. Matt and I played, um, or we never finished, but like Super Mario Odyssey, I think is Mario Odyssey, yeah. Um, and like to get a hundred percent of the game, one is like fucking impossible because there's so much shit to find. But like you absolutely cannot get a hundred percent in the beginning of the game, yeah, because you have to go back. Yeah, yeah. We I have that. I haven't played that much of that. But. It's fun, but. It's probably more fun two-player, but someone won't play with me. It's actually not fun two-player. Oh, really? We don't play two-player. Oh, we we, we've only played one two-player. No, we... Because, like, the second player only controls a hat. Yeah, but I'm not very good at video games. Oh, I'm not either. But, like, we play for a little bit. So, like, yeah. usually switch off when, like, someone dies. Uh, or, like, if, someone, if you haven't died in a while and you're like, oh, I haven't died here. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, um, I'm trying to think of anything else. So, I guess, like... The only other, like, topic I kind of had was I had a few points about um, Lego with their political focus, which I found really interesting. So, um, the original founder had always said that he didn't want to make war attracted to children. So, there is never and there will never be a war-focused Lego set. Got it. And I didn't know that. I didn't kind of like thought back through it, and I was like, "Yeah, you're right." Which like, actually makes sense as to why they've pulled a few. Well, so I'll come to that. Um, and Lego also has said they won't endorse any political works. So um, in 2018, there was a Chinese artist that has done. Um, he had previously done a like Lego build as a political statement about like immigration, and he had at, tried to order like a bulk order from lego and they shut it down because it it was going to be for a political piece of art that was going to be housed in the national gallery of victoria so as an organization because of that lego has openly said they refrained from actively engaging or endorsing the use of the bricks in the context of a political agenda okay so i thought that was super interesting because on june 2nd of this year Lego announced that they would be donating $4 million to organizations dedicated to supporting black children and educating all children about racism. And at that time, they had also announced they would be removing the marketing. They did not pull the sets. They would be stopping the marketing for an undisclosed amount of time for anything featuring police, firefighters, criminals, emergency vehicles, and buildings. Got it. Like emergency buildings. Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting that, like, two years ago in 2018, they made this big, like, fuss about po- mm-hmm. political agenda. And then, obviously, this year, they've kind of changed their stance a little bit. But one thing I also didn't realize is there was never a character in Lego that had a gun of any kind until the Star Wars sets. Yeah. That was the first time a really gun. they guns, right. They're laser guns. Right. What I think is actually really interesting is that they're donating money to, um, like, lower income. I mean, they said specifically black children, right. but... Um, but, like, as we mentioned, like, Lego is for, like, kids with money. Like, kids right. with families that have money. But also, Lego is, like, help increase cognitive ability and, yeah. like, motor skills. Um, which I think is interesting that, like, because Lego's, like, quote-unquote, like, a rich kid's toy... Um, growing up, was like, I never had Legos growing up. I, I had, like, I had, I had like, hand-me-down, whoever had, like, a bulk bin of whatever. Yeah. No, I mean, I didn't. I played with it in school, but, like, if I, I don't even think I ever had, like, off-brand Legos. 
Um, but the interesting thing is that, like, it does increase cognitive ability and, like, critical thinking and building. So it encourages a lot of creativity as right. well. Um, which also encourages all those the development of those skills. Um, I would like to see, eventually, them, like, donating Legos to, like, lower-income schooling yeah. and things like that, where they can help, like develop cognitive abilities like that. Yeah, one other thing that I actually just thought of and had to look up was that, um, I mean, I don't know if you ever, you probably would have experienced as a kid too, like gendered toys. Yes. And I don't know, I mean, I know my parents were bad about it. I can't speak to yours, but like my parents were a little bit more like, oh, this is a girl toy. You need the girl toy. Like, yeah. No, my parents weren't like that. So, my parents were a little bit more like that, and Lego actually had been asked about that back in the 70s, and somebody actually found a, like, letter that came in Lego sets Mm -hmm. that was saying, you know, like, this set is for all genders. Yeah. For boys and girls. For boys yeah. and girls in order to, you know, like it does, the, they, were, they were trying to make a statement that it doesn't matter, that it might be it's not a, boy's a fire toy. truck. Yeah. It's it's a not a boy's toy to play with Legos. Which I actually think is really interesting because Lego. Oh man, you got me. I'm saying Legos now too. Damn it, Lindsay. Which I think is actually really interesting because like I feel as though historically speaking, Lego is, has been a boy's toy growing yeah. up. My parents were never like. The kind of people that are like, no, you need to play with Barbies because you're a girl. My parents were literally were like, you play sports, like you. They called me a tomboy, so like they bought me. If I wanted a boys' toy, they got me boys' toy. Like they got me like Power Rangers to play with and things like that. Because I mean, they understood that like I just wasn't interested in dolls and I wasn't gonna play with them. And they were very like specific about the way they spent their money. So if I wasn't gonna play with it, they weren't gonna buy it for me. Um, yeah, I actually just found, interestingly enough, in 1981, Lego released a, like, a more gender neutral, I mean, obviously it's a girl holding yeah. what looks like a quote-unquote boys set, because they had girl-targeted yeah. toys back then, like, Lego back then. Yeah. And there's actually been a huge, like, discussion around, like, Lego has gendered more, like, yeah. girl Air quote girl focused sets yeah. that have come out, but even back to like seventies and eighties, they yeah. were supporting, which is nice because their toys. like we said, like it is typically seen as like a boys' toy, but mm-hmm. I don't know why that's a natural thing. Just because I don't either. No, but like like our own biases. Having nephews, like the amount of times I've heard like people older than me, like maybe not my siblings, but like people even older than them saying like oh they're a boy just buy them legos right like buy them a lego set right which is unfortunate because like buy them a a sporting thing that's a different story yeah well i also remember like being a kid and like i don't know if any of my cousins got like if anybody ever really got legos but i remember like being given to toys that i didn't like because they were girl toys and like wanting what the boys got because i actually wanted them so like i totally get it and um I do, like, like that they are trying to branch out and, like, really push the narrative that, like, Lego is for everyone. Yeah, and I just like that they've been supportive of that this entire time. I mean, yeah, it's great that they're going to make more girl-focused toys to encourage, you know, people that are, you know, for some bizarre reason, think that it's a gender toy. Right. To show that, like, hey, like, we've got other things. Right. 
Like the Lego it's, Friends set has been wildly successful. Right. It was developed by a woman. It's really just kind of a re-education of the consumer, though, yeah. to like re-educate the consumer that it's not a boy's toy, it's yeah. meant for everybody, and it's it's coming along, because obviously it's not a kid's toy either anymore, it yeah. can be an adult's toy. Um, so like it's, they're coming along and they're doing a decent job of it, and I think it's just some time before. I think now that they have like specific sets, I think it's right. a little easier. Yeah. Uh, quick wrap-up. Um, as we finish this discussion, what is your favorite Lego set that you have ever, or like build even, that you have seen? Could seen. be online, could be at a store somewhere, could be Ooh. a set you've seen somewhere. So, I mean, have you ever been to like the Lego park in Florida? I haven't been to actual Legoland. I've been... Not Legoland, but like I think like where the House of Blues is in Orlando, there's like an entire... Like, like in downtown... Well, I know in downtown Disney there's the Lego setups, but... I don't think it's actually Disney. Oh, okay. But, um, but yeah, there's like Lego stuff built around there. Okay. Um, there's this like Loch Ness Monster in the water. Yes, I've seen that! Okay. It's wild and I love that it's one. It's huge! It's enormous. Yeah, and it's in the crazy. water. Yeah. Um, and that's, I think, my favorite one. Um, I think my favorite build that I've ever seen is they built the Chicago skyline and it's in the window at the water tower yeah. place one. I love, like, I love walking by that. Like, it's so pretty. I, I bet that's pretty. I haven't seen that. Um, cool. So I think that's it for this episode. Stay tuned for final thoughts. This will be the first episode where we highlight someone in the beer community that you should follow. And check out. Yep. All right, guys. Thanks for listening through the song. Yeah, so like we said, we are going to be featuring a beer creator or beer content creator of some sort moving forward that is a minority within the community. Yep. So whether that be a different race or a different gender or a non-gendered person. Sexual orientation. Somebody. Somebody different. Somebody different. So, from us. Yeah. So this week we actually wanted to start with someone we've shouted out before. Um, they are a local Chicago duo and they are known as a YouTube series primarily, but they are called Beers and Bars. So Beers and Bars is a rap and beer focused media source. So just to clarify though, it's also spelled B-E-E-R-Z and, and bars with a Z. Yeah. And their entire yeah, their entire reference is rap music and beer. And that's all they talk about. So it's founded by not founded by it's created by a musician that goes by OT, the Golden, so Gold N apostrophe Child, and Kamal Kiddo. So apparently these two guys were college roommates, and now they're, you know, still pals living here in Chicago, enjoying beer and talking about their favorite music genre. Mm -hmm. So I specifically really wanted to highlight one of my favorite episodes that they did. It's episode 162, if you're looking up their series, which I certainly hope you are. It's very cool. Um, so this episode is where they discussed uh, RTJ4. Okay. And I loved their take on how they discussed all of the like 
talk around RTJ4 because obviously RTJ4 dropped at a very pivotal time and yeah. what's going on right now, especially here in Chicago. And the way they dropped it was like, why not, basically? Exactly. And this episode was cool because they they drank two to three beers an episode. So also I loved this because they drank like one of my favorite beers. They drank Rosa. Nice. Ugh. We haven't even, I, I haven't had Rosa. Uh, no, I have Yeah. But so they drank Rosa and they discussed, um, I don't know if they met with him because I don't recognize this guy, but I think that's one of the guys from Revolution that was with them on the episode. Oh, cool. Yeah. So they've, I know they've worked with Old Irving, one of yeah. some of our favorites. Um, it's they, nice because they work with like local, at least local to us breweries. Yeah. Um, I mean, so they're like based the, here in Chicago. Right. So, so like, it's, it's kind of cool to like see how they feature the beers as yeah. well. Um, like in comparison, because yeah. they also feature similar beers. But yeah, they talk about different segments within the black community. Like they did one episode where they talked about Dave Chappelle's most mm -hmm. recent stand stand up yeah. bit, and they talk about new album releases. And honestly, I I love hip hop and I love rap music, so yeah. it's just fun to hear people talking about that and talking about beer because. You don't see those things paired up as much as, I mean, I would I would love to see those things paired up yeah. more. Yeah, I agree. So that was our highlight. Uh, I highly recommend you go check out their YouTube page. They also have a lot of fun stuff on their Instagram. So their Instagram is also beers with a Z and bars with a Z. Yep. I'm writing that in the air. You can't see I that. I'm <laughs> seeing that. But um, I will link I'll put their information in the episode um, description so that you can check them out. Um, and um, we, it's just another sidebar that I should have said the first part of the episode, we have a new episode playlist, so you should go check that out too. Cool. So um, thank you guys for listening. As always, um, rate and subscribe, although I assume you're subscribed already, so just give us a rating. Um, if you leave us a review, that would be amazing, and we'll read it on air. We still haven't gotten reviews in, like, a year and a half, so if you review us, we will read it on air. Or just, like, write us a comment on Instagram. We'll read that. Or tweet at us. It doesn't really matter. Just, like, talk to us. And talk to us. We love talking to you guys. Talk to us. Yep. And we will see you next time. Yep. Cool. Thanks, guys. Bye. That was the episode. So we love hearing from you. Um, and if you want to contact us, you can do so through our email address. It is drunkanduncultured at gmail.com. We are also on Facebook at Drunk and Uncultured Podcast. Our Instagram is Drunk and Uncultured. And our Twitter is Drunk Uncultured. No ant. And as always, I'm Lindsay. And you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and untapped at Lindsay Sold Out. And I'm Stephanie, and you can find me on Untapped, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr as underscore Stephan Color. And you can also follow my concert Instagram at Shitty Concert Blog. Stay drunk, guys. See you next time.